0: coronavirus can't keep this podcast down this is episode number 43 of the don't start a band podcast and this episode is brought to you by dama on clothing it's no secret that my latest obsession is kendama which is a wooden skill toy Uh, if you want to know more about it you should definitely google it and check it out but Dama On Clothing is a kendama-related apparel company, and they sell t-shirts, hats, backpacks, you name it. And it's all related to kendama. And even if you aren't a kendama player, the designs are still pretty sweet. So go to damaonclothing.com, check out the designs. This episode is also brought to you by Yo-Yo Loco, they are a skill toy store located on Main Street in Breckenridge, Colorado. And guess what they sell? You guessed it, Kendama's. Uh, go to Yoyoloco.com to check out all the products that they carry. Or if you happen to find yourself on Main Street in Breckenridge, Colorado, pop in to Loco this episode was an absolute treat for me i got to interview james the host from the oasis podcast i'm a big fan of this podcast it's a super in-depth look at oasis um you know as far as people their music the shows they played everything about oasis it is on there and James was a super nice guy to talk to, and uh, you know he was, he was there for the Oasis mania, so it was really cool for me to get to talk to him and um, you know kind of geek out about Oasis. So I really hope you guys like this episode. It was an absolute pleasure for me to interview him, and uh, yeah. Let's get it started. This is episode number 43 of the Don't Start a Band podcast with James, host of the Oasis podcast. Cue the music. Let's get started. Um, introduce yourself and just say a little bit about yourself. All
1: right, my name's James. Uh, I do the Oasis podcast, so I've been doing it for uh just three years. It's actually going to be the three year anniversary of the podcast tomorrow. Oh, wow! So, in about two hours, yeah, yeah. So, because it's Yeah, just coming up to past ten in the UK. So, yeah, so the the podcast anniversary, uh, episode one, went out on, yeah, 6th of April 2016. No, 2017. So, yeah, so it will be the third. Yeah, yeah, happy birthday to me. Awesome. So, um, yeah, but we talk about Oasis, basically. I mean, not just Oasis, Oasis and the both Gallagher brothers, but then what it it tends to be is... um, uh, a lot of interviews and a lot of the interviews I do, um, the one thing that they've got in common is they have been inspired by Oasis or they were connected to Oasis and the Gallagher brothers in some way. So, yeah. for instance, you know, I've interviewed people that like might have played with them on one album. And I might talk to them about that one album for 20 minutes, but then around that, I might talk to them for another hour just about where they grew up, like all the other stuff they've done. And that, to me, is just as fascinating. It's how they went on that journey that brought them to Oasis and then where they've been since. So, you know, although obviously it helps if you're an Oasis fan. I know some non-Oasis fans do listen to it and find it interesting.
0: No, I I absolutely love it. You know, being... From uh, the United States and especially getting into Oasis so recently, it's, uh, it's kind of hard to find, uh, you know, people in my circle of friends and even in the Denver music scene who are into Oasis. So listening to your podcast and getting to hear, um, you know, a lot of people who are actually there to see them when they were still touring and everything and just being a part of the culture. Cause, um, you know, obviously I've watched supersonic and I've watched just about everything I can find on YouTube. That's documentary esque. <laughs> and, uh, it seems like it just really warped the, the culture over there. And it doesn't seem like it really did that in uh, the United States as much.
1: Yeah, I mean it's it's interesting. We were having a bit of a debate uh, on Twitter about like how big did they get in America, and it's funny because you know obviously Wonderwall was massive over there, and then Don't Look Back in Anger and Champagne Supernova, you know, were still quite big but not massive. But they yeah they played the MTV Awards, they did MTV Unplugged, like they did Letterman, and they did so they did you know they did enough. They were a big name. But I remember at the time, like, Hootie and the Blowfish were massive. Like, Bush were massive. Like, these other bands mm-hmm. that... The funny thing about Bush was, of course, Gavin Rossdale's English. And yeah. so whenever a British band would would kind of make it in the States, it was always like, Oasis are going to go and try and take on America. But Bush were, like, the biggest band in America, or, like, you know, with Nirvana having, having gone away. And so it's like... Uh, So Gavin Rostow's going, guys, hello, like, I'm here. (laughs) It's like, yeah, "Yeah, no, whatever, you're not a British band. You know, it's it's like, uh, you know, it was really going for those sort of traditional kind of British bands, not ones that sounded like Americans. But uh, yeah, so it's interesting. I think they were big, but they didn't, like you say, have that cultural impact like they did over here where it was just, you know, everyone knew them and had an opinion on them.
0: Oh, yeah, definitely, and I uh, I purchased the Lord Don't Slow Me Down uh, DVD oh, yeah. recently, and it has that whole uh, section in that documentary where they're playing at Red Rocks, which is in Colorado where I'm from, and, uh, you know, I would probably give a lot to have been at that show hmm. in 2006 because, I mean you know the brothers were probably still getting along to an extent i guess but uh sure. yeah it just it looked like it was a a crazy good show and so they must have been you know doing okay if they were playing red rocks
1: yeah i mean it was interesting they they never did stadiums in america they did um MSG and they did like uh, Twitter Center Philadelphia and like these are all like 19 20,000 um, and arenas. Madison
0: Square Garden
1: yeah exactly okay. so so they did they did decent sized arenas um, and then they did like you know the the like festivals and things and were quite high up on festivals. But but you know they they were one of those bands that you know came and went um, as far as you know as far as the Americans were concerned. They they came back and they continued to be a big band, but they never had that same level of success they did in kind of 1995, 96 again. And and really, I think a lot of it is that they didn't play the game. Uh, mm-hmm. They were never willing to like Coldplay and U2 and stuff these guys cracked America properly because they were willing to do the radio shows and the you know the meet and greets with the record company people and all this sort of stuff. Oasis were never going to do that you know they just didn't have the temperament (laughs) and so you know so they they did pretty well but you know like you know their big chances MTV Unplugged the singer doesn't turn up. I mean who who else yeah. and what well, and actually stands from the side and throws things and heckles. That wouldn't happen to another band. You know what I mean? With no. Radiohead. Radiohead like Tom York's not just gonna turn up and then shout abuse as, you know, Ed O'Brien takes over on lead vocals. It's just it would never happen. But Oasis did because they that was just you know, they still had that punk rock about them. But but it so it was cool, but it meant that they didn't reach those heights of longevity in the in the states that you know bands that really pushed it and and uh you know and, and did and played the game
0: yeah yeah i would agree completely and it almost i mean if you look at the timeline it's almost like oasis did their thing they had Wonderwall and you know everything else off of uh what's the story morning glory and then after that it seems like they got traded out for Green Day and Blink-182 and, uh, you know, all the other grunge bands of the 90s, Pearl Jam. Mm. Um, Speaking of Nirvana, though, I just love that story that uh, Noel tells about uh, Live Forever when he's talking about how Kurt Cobain wrote the song that, uh, what was it called, I Hate Myself and I Want to Die, and he was like... I wasn't having none of that shit. That is <laughs> no, the exactly. best reply to a song ever. Hmm.
1: Yeah, it's I don't know if it's true. I mean he says that. Yeah. Whether or not that was the case at the time, you know, because he wrote that song while he was, you know, um, you know, on on the dole that we call it here, on, you know, we we'll say when you haven't got a job. Yeah. yeah, he had a you know, he wrote a load of those songs in that situation. So whether he was saying, I'll take you on, Kurt Cobain. Yeah, I think it's probably an aftertimer kind of. He's he's put that on it later, but it's still a lovely. It is a lovely riposte. And generally, you know, that was the that was the big difference. You know, Oasis, the way they reacted to fame was not the indie rock way to react to fame. It was much more of the hip hop way to react to fame. It was you know, the way amazing. The, when, well, you know the way rap stars when they get big, they get the gold chains and they they are happy to flaunt their wealth, right? Whereas yeah when indie rock stars get big they want to play that down they wear scruffier clothes and they talk about not selling out and oasis didn't care they were, they were here to sell out and they were here to say yeah i bought a rolls royce yeah i've sold 96 million albums you know and, and they were happy to do that and that's part of you know that's part of what endeared them to us and it was because they were they were working class because they were similar to rap stars you know what i mean that they yeah. they were kind of from the streets and so they had that attitude
0: yeah, Rolls-Royce with no driver's license. That's <laughs> the best part of the whole thing.
1: That makes a lot of sense, doesn't it?
0: Yeah. Uh, so what got you into, uh, I guess, podcasting in general, but what gave you the idea to do an Oasis podcast?
1: Well, I've loved podcasting Um you know but for years and years and years i mean the, the first thing in the podcast world for me was probably uh ricky gervais i think um and then uh also remember the show lost um yes uh yeah that's now on netflix it was an abc like that they used to do a lost podcast and i was obsessed with lost and so you know oh i can download and hear like the producers of the show like you know, talking about all the theories and all that sort of stuff. So that was one of the very early ones I've got. So that would have been, you know, 04, 05, very early days of podcasting. Um, and then Gervais started doing his radio show as a podcast and um, there's these British comedians and DJs, Adam and Joe, they did theirs as a podcast. Joe Cornish is now film director. Um, mm-hmm. He did Attack the Block and a couple of other things. So, so, like, there was these... I loved podcasts from back then and it was like, oh, wait, so, like... I can hear people talking about, like, the stuff that I really like. I don't just have to put up with whatever's on the radio, whatever's on TV. Like, this is brilliant. Like, it just suited me down to the ground. And I just loved podcasts ever since. Um, And I wanted to do one for years. Um, I did uh, media when I was at university. And so I did a bit on the radio then, really liked it, but then kind of never pushed it as a career um went into other stuff and then and i did a podcast briefly i did a couple of episodes with a friend of mine um like eight years ago or something and we did Uh um and but we only ended up recording like two or three episodes and then it never really went anywhere just because you know we couldn't couldn't like find the time to do it and stuff so so it was really um it was really the big step for me. I thought about doing it for years, and it was when I got an iPhone. To be to be honest, like that, I was like, right, I now have the ability to record and just deal with audio in such an easy and straightforward way. Well, the world's my oyster, right? I've got I've yeah. got everything I need in literally in this sort of six inch thing in my hands. That sounds wrong, doesn't it? But anyway, um, <laughs> and so <laughs> let's just move on. And so. Um, I don't Uh, think uh, a lot of people realize
0: that, you know, if they have an iPhone, they got something to say, especially if it's something unique or something kind of niche. People don't mm -hmm. realize how easy it is. Like if you got something to say, you should definitely, you know, you can just open the recorder, like voice recording app and just go to town and find something that'll, uh, you know, get it out to people.
1: Exactly. And and Kevin Smith, um, the film director, Kevin Smith's a big kind of um, hero of mine as well. I was listening to loads of his podcasts all, at the time. And I suppose um, um, he does a podcast called, um, right, that sounds you are be attacked by a lot of wild dogs there, but anyway. Um, <laughs> he does a podcast called uh, Fat Man on Batman, or he did. Um, I think it's, it's kind of changed now, but And he basically did what I do with Oasis. That was really my, um, like, the model I used for it. So he would interview people, whether it was people that worked on the Batman animated series or comics or films, and same thing. He would talk to them for, like, an hour, two hours, their whole career, whole life. And I was just like, that's fantastic, you know. And I was just always searching for that, but about Oasis. You know, Oasis was my favourite band growing up. They're such an important cultural... um, you know force in the uk and they are so famous and their songs are so famous yet people don't look at them um with the same critical eye as the beatles or david bowie or bob dylan and people like that and so it's very hard to find any sort of um real good critical analysis of oasis and so many people that are involved with them don't speak and or haven't really done many interviews so it's really hard to kind of find a lot of this stuff as, as i'm sure you found yes and so well, so and i just it's thought, also
0: right, well, go on i was just gonna say it's also hard to you know because you can watch the interviews with uh the guys in the band and everything and they have their uh personas that they put on but you know yeah. to listen to your podcast or see interviews from people who are around them um, is definitely a much different take than what you see in an MTV or BBC interview.
1: Sure. And, and and the other thing that I like and why I do, you know, similar to your, your podcast, that each episode is kind of one interview. Mm-hmm. Um, what you'll find is, you know, these sort of more, like the, an Oasis podcast came out um, that was like the official one, um, was that the listen this up yeah listen up yeah yeah and and they but they did it like a traditional radio documentary so it'd be like you know clip of this person clip of this person clip of this person and so you you might have you know these people they interview for a couple of hours but you only heard about two minutes of each person because it was just little clips interspersed yeah. and it made for a really good show like a documentary but I don't want to hear, you know, 40 seconds and then a bit of music. I want to hear like an hour, you know? So, I mean, for instance, um, pick one at random, Anjali Dutt. So Anjali Dutt, I've only ever seen before as a, like a talking head talking about the recording of definitely, maybe mm-hmm. I did like an hour with her. She was an audio engineer on the album. Um, and yeah. And so we heard the whole of her story and the fact she's now a maths teacher, you know, and like all kinds of like interesting stuff about it. It's like, no one's done that you know no one's speaking to the the keyboard players that played on one album or the you know like um you know it's that sort of person that i want to really dig into because you know in 50 years they're going to be dead right and if no one's ever done that interview it will just be gone um and so yeah so i think it's you know not wanting to kind of big it up more than it is i think it is important to hear those voices and get those stories
0: no, absolutely. And uh one thing I kind of wanted to piggyback onto that um one thing I was a little nervous to bring up, but I uh my guilty pleasure band is the Grateful Dead. And okay. one thing that I have found fascinating about your podcasts and about uh especially like a lot of the people that do the A to Z and uh, you know, just everybody who has seen them live. Um, It reminds me of the people who recorded Grateful Dead shows. Um, I don't know if you know much about that, but they had this whole, you know, fan base that would show up and basically record every single show. And then the fans would, Mm trade tapes and stuff and you know there was people who would say yeah the best time they ever played this song was this year at this venue and sure you know they kind of geek out about it but it's really cool to hear uh you know oasis fans kind of do the same thing and say you know the best time they played acquiesce was live by the sea or whatever you know what i mean Mm.
1: Yeah, no, it is interesting, and and it's we're lucky that they they kind of fell in that point where um, you know it was pre-internet, so it wasn't well pretty much you know in the early in the early years, um, so it wasn't like you know it was it was sort of at the time there was kind of a, a you know message board culture. Yeah, excuse me. So so bootleg CDs and bootleg audio was being shared on message boards, but it's not like today. Mm-hmm. You know, where um, I mean, like when Liam did his comeback gig, you know, there was thousands of people, you know, were, were sort of live live streaming it on Periscope or Facebook or whatever, um, you know, and that and you could just sit and watch it, um, <clears throat> you know, and then and then the audio can be shared so quickly and easily. It wasn't the same. I mean, we, we did an episode recently about the bootleg culture over here, and I suppose it was kind of. Yeah, and I've, I have heard about that, about The Grateful Dead. That was almost like the the beginning of that kind of bootleg culture because they had such a dedicated fan base. Whereas you didn't really have, like like with The Beatles and stuff, it was just too too early. Like you would have had, um, yeah, some people did record. There are some kind of acetates from early Beatles gigs, but not really. I think it is when you get into the sort of late 60s, 70s that that does become a bigger thing. But um, yeah, whereas then by the time you get to Oasis in the 90s, then... Yeah, it is easier to get hold of these soundboards and um, really good quality bootlegs that were then, you know, created into these CDs and quite good quality packages. And then you could buy them, you know, on market stalls and you could buy them in in sort of independent record shops um, that, you know, yeah, they're illegal. You know, this is not official merchandise but yeah. um, they were pretty decent quality, and uh, and it really was like a, an exciting thing of like, oh, I've got this, and um, especially with with Oasis, the fact that they did so many kind of cool radio sessions, and that the fact that they did had like you know these B sides and um, alternate versions as well started sneaking out, um, that there was all this extra stuff available to be traded, but it's really a demonstration of how loved they were and how obsessed the fans were that that stuff was so valued you know i don't there was no other bands really you'd occasionally see a blur one or an ocean color scene one or whatever but it was only really oasis that you know that that really you know that that people were that bothered about
0: yeah and i uh i listened to uh the episode i'm pretty sure i I'm positive I listened to the episode about the bootlegs and, uh, the B sides and everything. And that's, what's cool about, you know, I started really getting into Oasis in like 2017. Um, so it's, it's cool to have that whole back catalog and be able to, you know, get the deluxe versions of, uh, you know, definitely maybe, and what's the story, and be able to hear all the B-sides, the good live recordings and all that stuff. I would have liked to have, you know, been there for it. But it's cool that I can go back and listen to it all at once, you know.
1: Hmm. And, and seeing Liam is the closest thing. So like next time, um, you know, next time Liam comes back when this whole fucking nightmare is over, like, you know, seeing Liam is a very close second. You know because he, yeah. he puts on a hell of a show, he plays a lot of Oasis songs. Um, you know, so it is as close as you'll get, really. Uh, yeah. the, the the atmosphere, I mean, you really if you can get over here and see and see a Liam Gallagher show, that's what you want because it's really is there's nothing like it. Like, um, you know, it was like football, you know, it, it's there's other gigs that are crazy, but you don't get the same, you know, like I know, like rock gigs. It's just a different atmosphere. You know, when you've got like people, you know, that's more that um, kind of slamming and moshing and stuff that, that American rock and punk shows have. It's just different. It's yeah. more of a football thing. It's more of like football, like lads together on a football, uh, you know, on a football terrace. And there's nothing like it. There's nothing like it.
0: Yeah, I mean, I've uh, I've watched the videos and certainly like my favorite one of my favorite videos of all time and i've i've showed this to my wife and i've showed it to a bunch of people because it sets the standard of what i would like to accomplish with my band but it's uh it's the video i think they're in brazil i can't remember but uh they uh they were playing morning glory and you just see the whole crowd in this stadium. <laughs> it's like a wave of them, you know, jumping up and down. And when Liam comes in with the first uh, all your dreams are made, you can barely even hear him because the roar of the crowd is yeah. so loud. So, yeah, yeah that uh, that sets a a high standard for what I would like to accomplish. But in your opinion, do you think – anything like that can happen again with you know now we have live streams and youtube and um personally it kind of looks like people don't attend concerts as much anymore but uh what's your take on that
1: i think there's the it's interesting i mean over here um you know there's there's a a, a passion for music still is huge um and you're starting to see now a new generation of young fans of Oasis coming through there Uh was kind of a period because they weren't cool in the 2000s right they they sort of dropped off um the radar and the success level at the in the 2000s they were like you know Coldplay were far bigger than them you know there was other bands that would outsell them um you know and they were you know if they were going to head if they played a festival they'd probably headline it but it was more on the you know on the nostalgia factor like the rolling yeah. stones it was more like they were coming like a rolling stones type band but, yeah they'll put out new albums but exactly they'll they'll put out new albums which are going to do okay but you know no one's really bothered all they want to do is go out and see a greatest hit show kind of thing and that's what oasis kind of became probably for for sort of eight nine years at the end um now what we're finding now, and I think then the fact they went away, um, BDI Liam's band didn't do very well, and that was really probably the low point. Noel's sort of first couple of albums did well, but that was a different thing. That was like more like okay, well, this is kind of this older statesman making kind of you know more sophisticated music kind of thing. Yeah. Whereas what we're finding now is it's I think a lot of people of my generation in there sort of that, that grew up with Oasis have now got children have now got kind of you know, ch- children in their young teens or or younger, and they're now really getting into them. And like for instance, I saw um, Machine Gun Kelly and um, Youngblood. I think yeah, I saw um, that. <laughs> they've just recovered Champagne Supernova. That yeah. to me, like as someone that knew the view of yeah, you know, that ten years ago, there's no way that an artist like the modern cool artists would have covered a, a Oasis song. That's just bizarre it's kind of gone full circle now and, and they are now accepted in that level and and then similar on a live music kind of thing like to go back to your question yeah there's there is um, I mean for instance there's a band called the Lathams uh, in the UK now that are like that. Uh, if they had the machine behind them like these bands did in the, the 90s they could be absolutely massive you know there's, there's people like um, you know, Lewis Capaldi is currently kind of the biggest thing here, probably like since Ed Sheeran. Um, but it's not, it's not rock and roll. It's kind of pop. And so there's still this passion for music and for anthemic kind of music. And anthemic kind of music was probably very inspired by Oasis, but they've kind of taken the anthemic kind of um, uh, more easily accessible sort of Wonderwall kind of Oasis formula and that became Coldplay and then it became like you know certain parts of like Ed Sheeran and people like that and that's kind of what's become the mainstream kind of pop now so a lot of people kind of blame that on Oasis Um, whereas what we kind of want is the great British band to come back you know like every two or three years there was always like the new great British band going back all the way to the Beatles and the Stones and the Who and the Kinks and Led Zepp and the Sex Pistols and the, you know you can just go through and every two three years bang there's the new great band and we haven't had a new great band come from the UK since probably the Arctic Monkeys in about 2005 2006 and it's that's been like 15 years that no one's really come out and you know Bought out a blistering debut album that's that's taken the world by storm and we need that but yeah but without kind of mainstream support or without sort of i don't know i mean maybe this you know maybe this crazy world that we're in maybe that's what will do it maybe when we come out of this people will be desperate to to have something and someone is going to write the new wonder wall or someone's going to write the new don't look back in anger and save us all but i don't know
0: yeah i mean uh Personally, I'm a I'm a big fan of the 1975, and uh, I know I'm that sorry. they were. I'm sorry for you. Your oh, you don't like the 1975.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I look. I just think they're you know my favorite bands, Oasis. Right? I like people that are loud and obnoxious and kind yeah, of want to you know, come in and come in and not you know and and sort of be rude and aggressive and, and knock your drinks over not like you know come in and accidentally knock your table and offer to clear it up if they make a mess you know what i mean hey like, I, 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 I hear I you wanna, i want
0: to i want to save the planet but god jesus they're so boring but anyway carry on <laughs> well the thing i was gonna say because they kind of had their little wonder moment with uh when they put out chocolate i mean that was on the radio all the fucking time here in, like, 2013, 14-ish. Right. Um, but, I mean, you know, even that album, if you watch their music videos, like, they were poppy, but they almost, like, kind of had a rock and roll sense about them. And then the uh, lead singer had to go and get sober, and now they're all about saving the planet. <laughs> I just, to be honest, every, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm
1: being facetious, but I've never dug into them, to be honest. I've heard, like, yeah. every now and then I'll hear a song and I'll go, oh, this isn't yeah. very good. I bet it's the 1975 and it'll go, oh, that's the new single from 1975? Oh, right, yeah. Yeah, it's the same thing. I've just got, like, a, I just, I'm, I'm sort of suffering from that thing that I remember playing Oasis to older people when I was a kid and being like, yeah. this is the best thing in the world. And they'd be like, oh, it just sounds like the Rolling Stones or it just sounds like the Beatles. No, I'm, I'm not bothered. And I've kind of become that now. I'm still desperate for something to grab me and say, this is the exciting new thing. But it's very rare. I think it's going to have to be very, very special to to kind of shake me into um, listening to something.
0: Yeah, I, uh, I totally hear you on that. My philosophy is just kind of, uh, you know... There's certain artists and songs that hit those special spots in your brain that, you know, make you like them. So when I talk about a band and, you know, someone doesn't like them or vice versa, you know, I I don't take any offense to it because obviously it, you know, hits the right spots in my brain that it doesn't hit in somebody else's. For instance, going back to Oasis, I have tried to show All of my friends, because here's what happens is I'll say, you know, how much I love Oasis and people will, uh, you know, kind of scoff or roll their eyes or whatever. And then I ask them, have you heard any of their other songs besides Wonderwall? And nine out of ten times, someone will say no. And then I go, (laughs) "Okay, well, that is almost kind of the poorest representation of their music Hmm. because like, yeah, it was popular, but I mean, you have all the anthemic, uh, you know, rock and roll songs. And of course the, uh, acoustic semi-acoustic ballad has to be the one that takes off. But, uh, another artist that I did want to bring up, um, just because he is important to this conversation the way that I not really found out about Oasis, but really started digging into Oasis was, uh, the Gaslight Anthem and Brian Fallon in particular changed my life. And I saw a video of Brian Fallon playing, don't look back in anger for some radio show. And, uh, you know, that was the, uh, the lighting of the fuse that started me <laughs> on my journey to, uh, delve into Oasis. Cause. Oh, fantastic. I mean, traditionally I'm a, I grew up playing drums and that was my main instrument. And then when I really started becoming obsessed with the Gaslight Anthem and Brian Fallon's lyrics and songwriting, it inspired me to start writing my own songs. And, uh, that's why started the band i have now and i play guitar and sing so he was super important to me so i kind of you know trusted his guidance towards oasis
1: hmm well i interviewed him Did yeah you i heard that one
0: yeah i listened to it it was a a fantastic interview
1: <laughs> well it, it wasn't for me because the uh i was i was talking to him i was in the car park of a mcdonald's and um, I'd like, because often, because I've got a day job, and I, I sort of drive around and I, I grab interviews sort of as and when I can, especially with people in America, where yeah. and you know and big names like Brian, like it's it's sort of, you know, you 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 know you take the opportunity you can get, um, mm-hmm. and the phone line was awful, and so it was probably I probably spoke to him for like an hour, but then a load of it was hello hello oh nope sorry you broke up and it was so frustrating and yeah. um but yeah so I think we did manage to salvage kind of I don't know like 25 minutes of of good stuff and he was a lovely lovely guy and afterwards I said like you know oh it's it's you know I, I the, the line wasn't great but yeah. you know I think I think it's okay and he was like well we'll do it again anytime you know that's fine that's fine I was like yeah. what a lovely guy um oh yeah yeah and you but you get that impression from you know, obviously the the you know just the sort of person he is and the music he writes, but yeah, as I say, the all the dealings I had with him, um, setting it up and then and then once I put it out and everything, completely, yeah, he completely lived up to that.
0: Yeah, I would. Uh, the The content of the episode um, is, you know, kind of what I was referring to, talking about it and him and I, uh, I guess, have a similar take on Oasis, the attitude and the, uh, I wouldn't say that I'm big into fashion per se, but I do, uh, you know, I do like some of the stuff they wear. And I heard the episode that you did, um, you know, where you kind of talked about their fashion and style and stuff, but yeah, just the overall content of that episode with, uh, with Brian was, awesome i'm oh, very thanks, very jealous
1: well, <laughs> well it was it was a really weird one right so uh, one of my best friends had this uh he's, he doesn't run it anymore but he had like the at what uh what was it at noel wears twitter account mm-hmm. and uh, he's just one of my one of my best mates from school and i didn't even know that this was him like i, I you know i i was This was a Twitter account I was very aware of and I'd even message with. And he kept it a secret that this was actually him. And um, it was very weird. But anyway, he... uh, And Brian would message him all the time, like, oh, yeah, Noel was wearing these sunglasses. Where did he get them from? And that sort of thing. And so... Yeah, so he had this in with Brian Fallon, and he's like, "Oh, well, have you heard about this band, The Gaslight Anthem?" I'm like, yeah, yeah, I know some of their tunes. They're all right, because yeah, I think I think you probably get an interview with Brian. He's he's like almost become a mate of mine because I'm sort of his his Noel Gallagher clothes dealer. That's awesome. Um, I know how amazing is that, and he was the, he was just really cool with it. Um, I think we went through like his he said, "Yeah, yeah, message this this person, which was the person at his record company or his management or whatever." But yeah, yeah we set it up, and he was just really really lovely guy. And um, yeah, and as I say, loves loves Oasis, loves the fashion, um, and um, yeah, and and the one thing I did because as I say, I'm not a super fan of the Gaslight Anthem. I've I've liked everything I've heard of theirs, but they're not a band that I've I've dug into. And similar with Brian Solo stuff. Yeah. Um, so all I did is what you sensibly do is ask the fans, and I, I just put the question out on Reddit and I put the question out on my Twitter and just sort of said, look. I've got this interview with Brian Fallon. What do you want to know? You know, and, and so I just read the quote, the fans questions because that's what I find is that so many interviews that these, the, these um, people do and you just get some idiot host who doesn't know what they're talking about. Doesn't even know the band, like just talking crap. Like, yeah, actually I'd much rather hear what the fans have got to say. Cause that's, if, if I was a super fan of the Gaslight Anthem, then I would know the questions to ask. I don't know the questions to ask. So, so that I'll just get those guys to ask the questions. And and so, yeah, so I think that worked quite well.
0: Well, that's uh, that's very selfless of you. I try and do as much research as possible. Um, I've had on some artists, like with my podcast, it's kind of uh, 50-50 people asking me to be on the podcast or me asking them to be on the podcast, and there's definitely been some artists that i have to do some research into and kind of kick-start the conversation and uh you know this is kind of what i try and do to just get to that point where it just becomes a you know a regular conversation with a couple talking points so
1: Mm. well you need to know your stuff it's pretty embarrassing like um you know, it. I, I've had somewhere. You know, I I haven't done that much research, and then, and they've sort of said, especially with these people that might have you know played with Oasis or played with one of the Gallagher brothers for one thing. Yeah. Um. And then I'll be like, and they'll say like, oh yeah, that's fine. I'll 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 do that. You know, you free tomorrow, and I'll be like, oh Christ, I better listen to their stuff. <laughs> so so I will quickly go and like re- refresh up. But yeah. um. Yeah. No, have you ever cool, had? Though. Most people are cool.
0: Yeah. Have you ever had an interview where, uh, you know, you go to talk to somebody and they're giving you one word answers and it's kind of kind of has that uh, weird vibe about it?
1: Not really, to be honest. Not not. Um, I know what you mean. I think I've had a couple where, um, like, for instance, I interviewed um, Tom Hingley, who is the lead singer from a band called The Inspiral Carpets who okay. Noel was, you know, the yeah. roadie for. Yeah. And um, and Tom is, uh, you know, Tom's a great guy, but he was, I think he was just kind of in a bit of a funny mood, and he just kept going off on these sort of various <laughs> other directions, and I'd sort of mm-hmm. ask him a question, and he would just sort of start ranting about something, and I'm sort of going like, uh, I don't quite know how we ended up on this topic here, but that's fine, let's just go with it. So, I've, I mean, I, I kind of... I very rarely, I might make a couple of notes, but I don't tend to kind of have specific questions. I just I just sort of tend to have a chat with people and just see where it goes, really. Um, like similar, I was uh, one of my um, friends who does a podcast called um, Katie Georgie, who does a podcast called Sound Effects that is sort of about music and mental health. And she's a trained counsellor and so yeah. she does these interviews and she's got these really brilliant insightful questions and she interviewed me and had me kind of you know really sort of talking about my childhood and things that i wasn't expecting to do at all and i was like how did she do that but she's trained she knows what she's doing yeah and like having spoken to katie it's like oh yeah maybe i should like actually think of questions um, I thought nah i <laughs> just sort of go in and vote like you know they just chat shit with people for an hour that sort of seems to work quite well
0: yeah and I I've, I would say most of the podcasts that I've done are usually just a, you know a regular conversation but I've definitely had some artists where I just you know I uh, get anxious pretty easily so I like to, you know, have the question set up just in case. But uh, I've I've had some artists that give me one word answers, and you could probably go on the podcast channel and see who was doing it just based on how short the interview was. Okay. But uh, yeah, yeah, no, it sounds like everybody that you have on the podcast is, uh, you know, and that's the thing about your podcast is you have these people who are passionate about Oasis on, so they're going to want to talk as opposed to, you know, some artists that I have on that, uh, you know, it's not really aimless per se, but it's not like, and I've even had on artists where you can tell they're not passionate about their music and, um, you know, they're, Blink-182 fans, so they make dick jokes and don't take the whole thing seriously, and uh, I've only ever had one episode that I debated even putting it up just because it was such a headache.
1: Really? That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, thankfully, I haven't really had that. I mean, I, I tend to either have these people that were kind of involved with Oasis I mean the, the ones that don't want to do it just don't do it you know mm-hmm. so um, there's various people that I think that, that having the name you know obviously I'm not official but I kind of pinched that name Oasis Podcast very early yeah and that's been a, a blessing and a curse because it's a blessing in that people find it if it was called the you know the champagne supernova podcast or something then people maybe wouldn't find it whereas because I kind of use the logo and I use the the name sort of uh, I think it does get found easier and people assume it is official and until they listen to it and then realize (laughs) there's no way this guy's official but um uh yeah and so but then it's also a curse because so for instance there's certain people that I'd love to interview like people from other bands um Mm -hmm. that I've had messages back and forth but then they've gone like well I wasn't in Oasis why would I talk to the Oasis podcast? And I'd be like yeah, yeah no but but you know you you did that gig with Oasis that on this tour or and they're like no nah, no nah. and I know if my name was the you know if I was called something else I'd yeah. probably get them but calling the Oasis podcast I mean you don't and I don't tend to push for them to be honest um, there's always so many people that are kind of that I've that um that i've got sort of in the background that you know that that uh you know i'm i'm more than happy to speak to so i don't have to beg for i don't have to beg for these other people and and i think that's interesting i suppose i'm not sort of in the realms of getting kind of up-and-coming bands who are you know like a press junket kind of thing i don't sort of speak to anyone like that so um yeah so i've not really experienced that but uh yeah, or maybe it's just my interviewing technique is so fluid and brilliant that uh, I just am able to open people up I don't know. Maybe yeah. it's that.
0: Well, and that's uh, you know that's how I found your podcast. Was uh, the cool thing about Apple Podcasts and podcasts in general is you know you don't have to search for a particular show. Like I just probably just put in Oasis, and then it pulls up every thing involving uh oasis and then i have to correct it to oasis band so i'm not you know stumbling upon yoga podcasts oh there's but, plenty uh, of them the meditation oh I've, I've got google Alert set up for
1: oasis podcast and uh every now and then i'll get like a, a google alert like these are the top 10 best podcasts listened to right now i'm like brilliant uh, you know and i'll open it it's like the meditation oasis podcast I'm like damn you
0: I, uh, I did want to ask you, um, this just popped back into my head. Have you ever listened to the podcast, your favorite band sucks? No. So they, uh, I don't know how much credibility these guys have just cause they basically shit on so many bands and it seems like they're just like super hipster indie guys. Um, But, like, sometimes some of the shit that they say is pretty funny. And, like, they have an episode on uh, the Grateful Dead. They have a two-part episode on the Beatles sucking. And, um, like, it's just kind of comical. They're kind of morons. But they did an episode on Oasis that was... I don't know how much of it is, uh, you know factual or whatever uh maybe not factual is probably not the Mm. right word but um i don't know how much research they did but it's just kind of funny to listen to them go off but uh i i check it out just because they do some episodes on bands that i'm not particularly fond of so (laughs) it's It's like
1: yeah nice to hear them insulting people you don't like yeah Yeah. that sounds interesting
0: but also, uh, like, here's a for instance, on the episode with the Grateful Dead, they uh, they went into some tangent about Jerry Garcia not being a good guitar player and he's just playing a bunch of notes and faking it and blah, 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 which that is 100% not true because he was a classically trained musician. So, But sometimes it's just, you know, funny to hear people talk shit
1: yeah well you get that a lot with like I, I you know I, I probably follow more like movie based stuff than I do music based stuff and like you get um, everything what everything wrong with that YouTube series that like just you know but it, it's obviously just like uh, you know picking fault with things on purpose for comedy purposes and things like that which is fine I think it's always good to, to insult things that's always um, it's always good fun yeah so uh, yeah no, I'll, I'll check that out then if they did one on Oasis I'd be interested to hear that because I'm yeah, not, you know, as I say, I'm I'm not a, a, like, rose-tinted spectacles guy on Oasis. You know, a lot of, you know, I'll, I've been attacked quite a lot online for being quite critical about them. And even unlike, uh, like, Liam's new stuff, for instance, like, Liam's albums, I've just been very honest about, you know. And, and like, the later mm-hmm. Oasis albums, I'm very honest about. Because what's the point in lying? You know, you there's this kind of pointless. But, well, yeah, because then I, you're
0: going to have people strike up a conversation with you about something you lied about and you're gonna have to continue that lie and that you know fake attitude
1: yeah exactly so so i'd just much rather be honest about it and if i if i don't think something's very good you know uh, then i'll I'll say i don't think it's very good and you know and i think that some people don't some people are just like everything they do and say you know they walk on water and you know that's just stupid and so like i think that a lot of a lot of criticism of um, Oasis, I think, is very fair, you know, that there are things that, you know, that they were lazy with lyrics or that, like, you know, they were pretty horrible people in a lot of ways, you know, all sorts of things yeah. like that, that you think, yeah, yeah, of course, that is exactly right. Same as John, you know, John Lennon was pretty horrible uh, a lot of the time and especially his attitudes towards women and things like that. So, yeah, yeah. that you accept
0: that, you understand that that's what it is and you're not going to gloss over it, but, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. I mean, I'm not I'm not going to get into politics or anything, but it's, you know, people talking about bands and music is kind of how I feel about people talking about uh, politics is, I like to hear both sides of the aisle and just, you know, have all the information, different perspectives, but at the end of the day, I'll, you know, make my own uh, mind up as to how I feel about it all, so... So, yeah, I, uh, I value hearing your opinion on the podcast and the, the, I did want to bring up one of the coolest parts about your podcast is the opinion aspect. And especially when you do, um, you know, the A to Z, the songs and everything like that, because, you know, sometimes you hear a song and you know it doesn't click whatever but for me being kind of a music nerd and listening Mm -hmm. for uh you know recording techniques and things like that when i hear you talk to people about some of these songs it inspires me to go back and listen to them and then you know hear that appreciation or you know sometimes if i can't figure out why i don't like a song then you guys will let me know. But uh, the, the hardest one that I had, or the hardest time I had uh, listening was the uh, Columbia A to Z. Yeah. Just because that song, for some reason, it just doesn't, uh, it hasn't clicked with me yet. There's still... Hey, you're on my team.
1: Yeah. There's, <laughs> there's not I, many of
0: us. It might happen, but I feel like Columbia is the perfect representation of what happens when you do magic mushrooms and record music. (laughs) Because, I mean, that's basically what they were doing, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, they're off their heads. Yeah, and it was basically just like, I know, let's just play these three chords over and over again. And then let's just groove on that. You know, it's like, uh, okay have we oh, thought yeah. about maybe some dynamic changes or you know melody but no it's not my favourite song and I get a lot of abuse for that because it is the in the Oasis back catalogue it's probably the coolest song choice like it's the one that you know that the, if you think you're cool like it's the one that hipsters would like yeah. um, and it is it is cool in its way um, but I just I, I'm just not into that style. It just doesn't do it for me. I much prefer songs that are dynamic or interesting yes. or have these good changes and you know and and that sort of thing. And, and some just the the same chords over and over again like that. That's just
0: not not my thing. Well, yeah. One thing I never noticed was uh, the part at the end when he's doing the yeah yeah yeahs and there's another lower part where Liam's doing some goofy shit with his voice. I never noticed it before, but Hmm. once you pointed that out, I was like, yeah, maybe I'll, uh, I'll give this song a break and come back to it at a, at a later date. Hmm. But then there's songs like the master plan where I always liked the chorus, but it, you know, took listening to people on your podcast talking about it and, um, you know, everything like that to really appreciate it. But one that I really enjoyed that I dug for the other day because um, I I have a day job and it's detailing cars. So okay. I just get to wear headphones all day and that's why I've been able to listen to so much of your podcast. But uh I dug through the other day to listen to everybody talk about acquiesce because I think cool. that's probably my favorite oasis song but also it's the one song that i keep bringing up over and over to people saying that uh yeah we need oasis more than ever right now and i keep quoting the the chorus
1: hmm.
0: um just because you know it's applicable we need each other right now and true this.
1: but we've got to stay away from each other though that's the thing <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah yeah no we one need each other but at a
1: distance of two meters please
0: well yeah and that's that's the stupid thing about you know he uh the united states and i think the thing about my millennial generation in particular is uh you know i go on instagram or whatever and people are still getting together and it's it's almost like they just ask each other you got the coronavirus? No. You got the coronavirus? No. All right, let's hang out. Like, that's not <laughs> how it works, fuckface. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's I mean. almost like the the people who are my age think they know better, and that's why it just it doesn't click with me. And, you know, taking it back to music, a lot of the newer music, not to sound like a hipster or anything, but it just, a lot of it doesn't, click with me because I don't feel like it's saying anything important and it just, uh, you know, it's all, it almost seems and, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like a lot of music nowadays is passive music, like background, party music, you know, something to throw on in the background as opposed to when you and other people in the UK were buying oasis singles unwrapping it putting the cd in the car the tape in the car and just jamming out to that one song like that is beautiful and now Mm. in the days of spotify you know you just go oh this artist put out a new album turn it on and set your phone down walk away you know and let it play in the Mm. background
1: but that's up to the artist to to make people sit up and listen though i think that's the yeah i think that there is a massive opportunity for someone to come out you know and really you know and really create something special it's going um, to be me like man I saying, we'll do it man that's it do it <laughs> do it but you know what like um and i i think it's great you said that because you know i get i get messages from people because it's something i haven't done as much recently but Um, I do play new music on the show and if someone sent what I normally do because me it's just like an an easy way to to use up a few minutes you know it's a bit of content Mm -hmm. but so what I normally say is look send me an intro like send me a little uh, clip of yourself introducing yourself and introducing the song and if it's good I'll play it you know and that's fine and I'm happy to do that but I get I get emails of people saying like hi, you probably won't play this, you know, we've tried our best, but it's okay, and you don't mind, don't worry about if you don't want to play it, but if you, you know, if you if you wouldn't mind playing it, that would be great. I'm like, Jesus, this is the Oasis podcast, you should be like, You're
0: if you don't play, play this our, song, <laughs>
1: you've got the opportunity to play my band, because we're the best band in the world, and if you miss out on this, and some you know, that's what you want, you want something, yeah. someone with attitude, and I just think we've, uh, you know, that's what we're missing, is that kind of, someone that just comes out and you have to sit up and take notice. Um, Like, and and yeah, we just haven't had anyone like that for a long time.
0: Well, yeah. And I mean, society is kind of, uh, I hate that I'm going to sound like this, but society has kind of suppressed that attitude because everyone's worried about offending somebody and Mm. everybody, you know, it seems like it's really big right now to, uh, be enlightened and spiritual and do mm. yoga and all this shit. And you are absolutely right. And I feel like that's why Oasis clicks with me because they just come out and they're like, this is who we are. We're taking over the world. And I even, I gave it a, a little try when we put out our last EP. Um, I don't know if you look me up or anything, but my band is called the Backseaters. Mm hmm. And, uh, when we put out our last EP, we did like a little, um, I think it was like a 12 minute little mini documentary of like a behind the scenes in the studio. And, uh, it opens up with, uh, me just saying, I want to go on the record right now and just say, this EP is going to be huge in Europe. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, ah, fuck it. I'll just put it out there, you know, because if people hear me say that, maybe they'll be like, fuck this guy. It's not going to be big. And then they'll listen (laughs) to it. Maybe they'll like it, you know, kind of like the Oasis thing when they were saying, you know, if you say you're the biggest band on the planet or the best band on the planet, you know, 50% of people are going to think you're full of shit, but 50% Mm. of people are going to check you out and, you know, see what you're all about. So... Yeah, no, I
1: mean, I I was in a band um, in the late 90s and we, basically, I was, uh, yeah, similarly inspired by them And, and we would play gigs and there'd be like, you know, 35 people there uh you know because each of the four bands has brought eight people with them or or whatever and you know and and so when your band is playing everyone's just sitting around and they're not really paying any attention and so i would just deliberately try and you know wind people up or be aggressive and say things and just you know like i i had a a t-shirt that printed up with follow that on and so we would so like when we um our last song was sort of similar to Arm It'd so have like a really long sort of outro. Mm-hmm. So they'd say, All right, guys, one more song. And it'd be like, Great, yep. And this is going to be like nine minutes long. And uh, that is awesome. Um, yeah, it's very rude. But then I would like, and I would take off my top. So I've got this t shirt underneath that just says, Follow that. And I just wander up to like the, you know, the, the next band, just stand in front of them, like point at my t shirt and then walk off like that.
0: See, and, and I this think is- that's badass because it's like, <laughs> There's a fine line between believing in yourself and having that, you know, that attitude. There's a fine line between that and just having an ego and being a dickhead. You know what I mean? Because there's, we call it uh, in the Denver music scene, we call it big leaguing. Like people who think they're in the big leagues, you know, (laughs) don't give you the time of day when really it has nothing to do with their music. It just has everything to do with, how cocky they are and i uh i've said some things on stage that i probably shouldn't have about (laughs) bands that we've played with but it's like you know kind of like this whole virus thing we're all in this together and if you're gonna treat me like a piece of shit i'm gonna call you out so no fair play play. yes so i uh i wanted to ask you because we kind of you know talked about what to talk about a little bit what are you listening to nowadays
1: what music
0: yeah yeah yeah, yeah.
1: (laughs) i i listened i end up listening to my own voice talking to other people a lot that's what i listen to you you listen to your own (laughs) own podcast well i have to because i have to edit the thing so Uh, i yeah so i spend most of my time kind of you know that's what I you know people were like oh my god I listened to my own voice it was awful I'm like I I spend hours listening to my own voice like what is your problem because you (laughs) you just don't people don't realize like I think the difference is as well is that I made a choice when I set the thing up to edit in music clips so Mm -hmm. I don't just you know hit record I know a lot of people like um hit record record for an hour press stop done upload it done and they're done like you know within 5 minutes i b- deliberately have chosen to like no i'm i'm not going to craft this thing like a, a radio documentary but i'm going to edit it i'm going to like chop bits out and also i'll put in song clips so i put in like song clips and an archive clips so if i you know if we're talking about you know like Noel Gallagher's hatred of doing music videos I'll mm-hmm. drop in the clip of Noel Gallagher on a on a TV show saying how much he hates doing music videos, you know. So, so yeah. and that is very time-consuming because you need to find the edit point. You need to chop it. You need to move the audio. You need to download the clip. You need to find the right clip. You need to put it back in again. You need to fade yourself. And that, every time I do a clip, it's like, I don't know, an extra like 10 minutes on the process. So... Yeah. I've got it pretty down now so I can, you know, every time I do an episode it's probably like two evenings of, you know, what, 10pm 10, 10 until like 1am or something and then, I, you know, but still, it's a lot of work um, and I say, you know, oh, woe, woe is me. It's I love doing it. It's it's fine. It's good fun. I, I wouldn't do it if I didn't but, yeah, yeah what it means is that then often <laughs> the next morning, you know, on my kind of hour commute to work, I'll be listening to the episode I just edited last night, you know, and then, you know, and so I'm, I spend a, a crazy amount of time listening to my own voice, um, which is just quite depressing. Um, and then beyond yeah. that, I, I'm very sad to say I very rarely listen to music. I, I'm much more interested in podcasts, and so I'll be listening to, um, you know, movie-based podcasts or um, TV-based or... Uh, boxing is another one of my passions. I will listen to a lot of boxing podcasts and things like that, and that's really what I'm, what I tend to engage in. Um, yeah, there's nothing then, wrong with that. Mm, and it, but it's almost you know there is a guilt factor of like, no, I really should be listening to a lot of new music, um, and I will like when when you know when people put things in front of me, I'll, I'll check it out. But yeah, I I personally um, yeah that's what I that's what I tend to gravitate towards.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's uh, there's nothing wrong with that because I, I probably go back and forth every other week at uh, at work, like I'll have a week where I'm just listening to podcasts and, uh, you know, I don't know how you're going to feel about this, but on, I am one of those people who listens to most Joe Rogan podcasts. Mm -hmm. Um, so I listen to a lot of his but also uh, one of my favorite channels is the Parcast uh, network they do like conspiracy theories unexplained mysteries um, mythology shit like that so I listen to those I listen to yours Um, there's another one I listen to that's like creative pep talk and then you know the following week I'll realize that cause I get paid per car that I detail. So I'll realize that I've been wasting way too much time listening to people talk. So I put on music and that's when, (laughs) you know, I'll put on this is Oasis or, uh, you know, I grew up listening to pop punk and hardcore punk music. So I'll put that on, but yeah, I totally, I totally get what you're saying about podcasts and, uh, I don't. Are you a fan of Death Cab for Cutie at all? Uh, no, I've heard I've heard a few of their tunes, but once again, it's
1: not one of those bands. I'm not really going to.
0: Yeah, they're uh, also another one of my favorites. But their lead singer um, said this thing in an interview one time that from people he's talked to, and one thing he kind of realized about himself is after the age of 25 you kind of i don't want to say lose that desire to find new music and listen to new music but it definitely isn't like you know when you're a teenager and you're just absorbing everything you hear you know you Mm kind of you find what you like and you listen to what you like you know well i think um that's an interesting point
1: and um i remember um I think it was on a podcast. I think it was on The Word podcast, like the the British uh, music magazine Word, Um, Mm -hmm. David Hepworth and Mark Ellen, I think. And they made the point talking about R.E.M. And they were like, yeah, I'm really pleased when the new R.E.M. album comes out, but I've only got enough space in my brain for, say, 16 R.E.M. songs. And that is already taken with songs that mean so much to me from kind of my youth. And from when I heard these, losing my religion for the first time, or or these things that mean so much to me. So when a new album comes out, great, I'll listen to it. But it's going to have to be bloody good if it's going to dislodge these other songs that I've yeah. also got all those connections to them as well. And so, and that's how I tend to feel. I mean, I've, I've probably told the story before, but I think a really good good example is um, is actually my sister said, oh, there's this great new band coming uh, out called Royal Blood. Um, you've got to check them out and she fired over their, their debut single to me and I was like alright cool Like I'm always excited to hear new bands and then and like I was like okay sounds a bit like Led Zepp sounds a bit like uh, you know I don't know The Stones or whatever uh, sounds a bit like The White Stripes yeah fine like you know and, and it was just I had no desire to dig into them any further and, and mm-hmm. let's see other songs have come their way of theirs and I actually do like a lot of their stuff but I'm like, well, yeah, I could go and listen to them, or I could actually just listen to The White Stripes, or I could listen to Led Zepp, you know, which mean more to me because I got into them at that certain time in my life. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I'm not completely closed off to it. And, um, you know, for instance, when, you know, Arctic Monkeys um, AM came out in 2014, I mean, that was really like, wow, this is something special. Like, this album is special. And there's the songwriting on here that is great songwriting you know you can just hear in the the you know the the way the tunes put together and and the lyrics and the you know the production you're like this is special um and so i've still got that when i hear something and i go this is special you know but it's yeah. very, it happens very rarely to be honest it's, it's it really needs to be you know, probably a, a you know a song that would have grabbed me on the radio that would have been like an eight out of ten. Um, I would have said this is amazing. Whereas now it has to be a ten out of ten. But the one thing I'll say is, there's a show called the Britpop Revival Show, which is a. British. Uh, it's on like a local radio station in the UK, but it also okay. broadcasts on um, Phonic FM. So it is mm-hmm. available uh, and it's on Mixcloud as well. Uh, Britpop revival show. And it's like once a week they play um, all Britpop. And so it ends up being like really obscure stuff as well as like, you know, the, all the mainstays, but you also get all these other Britpop bands that never really made it. Um, so I've, I've been on there sort of a, a couple of times um, and uh Nick from the show's done you know a couple of bits with me, but i'll often like I listen to that, and you know often I hear songs on that that I've not heard from the nineties, and I'll be like oh, you know taken aback by how great a song is, and yeah. then you know and I'll be like, this isn't rose tinted glasses this is literally if this song, whether it's a suede b side or whether it's a you know i don't know like a a candy skins album track or something like that if this song was just on the main radio right now i would go what is that like who is that band they are the best new band i've heard Mm -hmm. in years and it is just that at that that point there was just something special in the water over here and there are just so many bands that came out around that time whether it's the Blue Tones or whether it's Ash or whether it's, you know, I could name a hundred other Britpop bands that are just incredible, you know um, and, and the stuff that was kind of connected to Britpop but not really you wouldn't really call it Britpop like Radiohead early Radiohead for me and like Manic Street Preachers and like you know, Cast and Ocean Colour Scene and, and all these bands, a Divine Comedy I absolutely love the Divine Comedy there's so many bands Super Furry Animals is another one like and then all the female Friend bands like Elastica and Sleeper and Echo Belly, and like these are all incredible bands. And if any of them came out now, I would be like, that is the best new band out, you know. And but it's just they just happened to come out at that time, or uh, you know, or, or I don't know what it was, whether it is just me with rose tinted spectacles. And, and if that had come yeah. out now, I wouldn't like it, but no, I, I think there was something special in that sound.
0: Yeah, I'll have to, uh, have you send me a list of some of those bands because <laughs> i don't think i mean obviously i've heard of arctic monkeys and radiohead but uh yeah a lot of those bands i've never heard of so oh and,
1: well you need to check out the brit pop revival show uh i'll send you the I link will. to theirs because that is just a, a, a great way to to get a, a really good taster of that but no, I'll, I'll do your playlist on spotify
0: yeah well that was uh also one of uh one of the things that made me nervous about, you know, saying our EP was going to be big in Europe is, you know, Europe, UK. Uh, I was nervous about people in the UK actually hearing it because the difference between people in the UK and the United States is it seems, from my point of view, people in the UK are honest about, Hmm. you know, things and they you guys don't sugarcoat things you say if you like it you don't like it you'll say exactly why you don't like something which hmm. is awesome but you know people here will go oh yeah that's that's nice it has some good notes <laughs> so i was i was a little nervous but i was like what eh, maybe somebody will like it
1: yeah um, no well I, i'm always happy to like you know if someone says like um you know oh can you you know, I've, I've uh, done this EP, can you check it out, or things like that, I'll say like, okay, well, I can give you feedback if you want, but I'm going to be honest, you know what I mean? <laughs> and, like, and if I think it's, I won't say, if it's like shit, I won't say, I think it's shit, but I would say like, you know, yeah, it's not for me, or, or like I've had, I've had young bands sort of send me demos and say, oh, can you play this on the podcast? And I've just been like, look, you're not ready yet. Like, I could play this, but especially with the internet being what it is you know there will mm-hmm. be comments on my twitter saying that band you played in the podcast was shit don't play them again and if people aren't <laughs> ready for that you know like yeah if people aren't ready for that then they shouldn't you know you, you need to be willing to take take the hits if you're going to put your head out you know if, if you're gonna if you're gonna go swimming you're gonna get wet you know what i mean and, and so you have to be you have to be ready for it but no, i'll if, yeah if, i'll uh, i'll look you up and, and tell you if i think your ep shit that's fine
0: yeah, I mean, you know what? At at this point, I have uh, I've come to accept that there are going to be people who do not like my music, and <laughs> I am I am okay with that. And here's the thing: is if there are things that I can change that will make my music better, especially like you listening to it. The thing is, is we've had a conversation now. I respect your opinion and you know musical tastes and whatnot so if you have uh you know feedback or if you say like this is shit blah 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 blah, blah then that would be more beneficial to me as opposed to hurtful so <laughs> well it's it's funny I, i'll often say to people
1: like um you know it's great to get feedback on the podcast because um you know but but what most people do is they'll go like yeah, great, love the episode. And I'd be like, yeah, but why? You know, can you be specific about it? Because, you know, I, oh, I thought it was a cool interview. Yeah, but what was it? You know, because I, I craft these things and I, yeah. I I deliberately I deliberately pick exactly where I, I think the music drop should be or, or, you know, I deliberately kind of, you know, whatever it is about it, that I want to make it really good. I do mm-hmm. care about these things and I want to actually put out something that's good. And... Um, Yeah, and so it's it's frustrating when someone's just like, yeah, yeah, I I thought it was great. It's like, yeah, I appreciate that. But could you maybe go away and write like a three-page document about exactly why you think it was great and areas to improve? That would be fantastic. Thank you.
0: You got it. I'll get right on that when (laughs) when we're done. (laughs) Good. So I wanted to ask you, uh, these are just a couple quick questions, I guess. I don't want to rapid fire whatever you want to call it but uh if you could ask Noel and ask Liam one thing what would it be oh for god's
1: sake this is this is my problem right because I'll talk about I mean Noel I've just kind of accepted that that's never going to happen he does nothing that has anything to do with Oasis he avoids anything to do with Oasis so I'm never going to get Noel so I've kind of accepted that with Liam, there has been a bit of contact. Like he recorded a little bit that goes at the start of the episode, and I've had emails back and forth with his partner As and manager were. Debbie. Exactly. <laughs> I want to thank everyone at the Oasis Podcast. Um, so that's that was amazing, and you know to get that from him was incredible. So there, there is contact, and I'm not. It doesn't look likely that we'll do anything anytime soon, but you know the 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 possibility is there. I'm. I always bang on about the fact that, like, oh, he does these stupid interviews with, like, you know, these crappy journalists that don't know anything, and they just ask the same questions over and over again. If he speaks to me, I'm a proper fan. I'll ask him all these brilliant questions. And yet, if they said to me, all right, James, uh, fine, how you fix for, like, 2 o'clock today, I'd be like... Uh uh, so Oasis uh, well, is gonna get back together. Oh no, shit, that's the one yeah. bad question, you know, so well, and I uh, wonder
0: if his like publicist, you know, would make you send questions over and then they tell you like basically ask this question so it makes him look good.
1: Yeah, I think it's from from having spoken to people that have interviewed both of them, I think at various times they are given, like you know, you you're allowed to answer ask one Oasis question, or or that it's not it's not like a, uh you are not allowed to discuss these topics. It's just that mm-hmm. you know if you do, you're probably going to do a pretty crap interview because if Liam or Noel kind of get onto that subject organically by themselves, yeah, then they're fine. You know they'll do a great interview and and they'll end up sort of coming out with something really interesting. Whereas if, if you just flat ask them, like, so, are Oasis going to get back together? You just see them, like, you know, roll their eyes, like, oh, God, here we go. This is, the like, the worst question ever. Um, I'll give you an example. I, I interviewed a band. I'm, I'm By the way, I'm completely sort of uh, ignoring the question because I haven't got a very good answer. So uh, I interviewed fine. a band. <laughs> I interviewed this band called the Web Brothers. Um, when I was at, I said I was at <clears throat> university. I was on the radio station there, and I did... I did little bits and pieces um, and I interviewed a band called the Webb Brothers now the Webb Brothers um, were the sons of Jimmy Webb who was the famous songwriter who wrote like Up, Up and Away My Beautiful Balloon and like loads of other famous songs of the 60s and 70s uh-huh. and um, the Webb Brothers supported the Blue Tones it was and I, I really liked them and so there was quite a few people that asked to interview They so they came to our, our town where I was at university and everyone wanted to interview the Blue Tones, and, and so a few of us got into the room there. But then I was the only person that said I, I really wanted to interview the Web Brothers. So they sort of ushered me in, and I went backstage, and I interviewed these guys. And I'm like 19 at the time, and I was very nervous. I didn't know what I was doing. And I sort of thought, ah, oh, I know what a great question would be. And so I went straight in and said, oh, so is it difficult uh, sort of living up to your, your, the shadow of your dad because he was such a legendary uh, songwriter? And you just see these two guys just look at each other like, "Oh, for God's sake!" And then, <laughs> and then, and then one of them just goes, uh, "No, what's the worst thing is uh, being asked that stupid question by uh, interviewers all the time?"
0: Oh fuck! I think I would break down if somebody said something. Well, like I that basically to me.
1: did. I, I was really just like, "Oh, uh, huh? Okay, great." I was like, "Oh shit! That would probably was the worst question I could have possibly asked right then." Um, yeah. And I remember there was another point in that interview where at the time, this was like the year 2000. So like Queens of the Stone Age had just got really big. So mm-hmm. this is like post Britpop kind of the, the pendulum had kind of swung back to the States and you had like at the drive-in and Queens of the Stone Age and and sort of these sort of more rootsy kind of hard rock stuff was coming big. And I started asking a question about that, but I sort of realised I'd been talking for, like, probably two or three minutes, and I had no idea, like, how to formulate it into a question. And so I think at one point I just stopped talking and was like, "Uh, so what do you think of that? (laughs) Or something like that. Just (laughs) these two guys just look at each other like, who is this idiot? But, um, yeah, so that was good fun. But in in going back to your question, what I would do is I would quickly ask on Twitter, guys... I'm interviewing Liam in 20 minutes. What's your questions? And I would pick the best questions that the guys on Twitter asked. That's exactly what I would do.
0: That, you know, honestly, that's probably the smartest way to do it. Yeah. And, you know, they've done loads of interviews and my plan has always been, you know, on the offhand chance if I ever get to interview Brian Fallon, you know, I've watched most of all the interviews that he's done so i don't want to repeat some of the same questions that mm. he's been asked so uh yeah let's just say when you hmm. get that liam gallagher interview that'll probably be your uh, best course of action to take to twitter exactly and, and get the proper ones i mean it's tricky because
1: um people it's like on similar twitter to are morons I'm- <laughs> well, there is that, but my listeners are all right, so so my my followers aren't morons, but Mine are. um, oh well, yeah, understandable. They're mainly American, so it makes <laughs> sense. Um, but um, the I uh, would agree, man. I would agree. <laughs> uh, what was I going to say? Um, yeah, but the problem is, so for instance, when I interviewed like Tony McCarroll or Alan McGee and like people sent, like, I had to do similar thing. But the problem is, a lot of these guys they just haven't got a clue. They can't remember. So Mm it will be like, you know, oh, um, you know, or or I'll know more than they do. So they'll say, oh, yeah, well, um, you know, when we recorded this song, we recorded it at this studio. But no, no, you didn't. You recorded it at that studio. You're thinking of this one. Am I? Yeah. Oh, right. Oh, yeah, maybe. You know, and and they don't even know. So, you know, a lot of the very specific questions like, you know, what were you doing to get that specific drum sound? They'll just be like... Hitting the drum, I don't know. Like you know what mm-hmm. you know, and they just don't know. So it's it's you can. A lot of them, a lot of the, the questions that people submit are like really super specific. You know what exactly were you thinking when you wrote that? You know the third line of the second verse, and they're like, I don't know, I was drunk. You know, and you're like, yeah. oh okay, <laughs> you know. So it's it's a tricky one.
0: My next question is uh, so. When you listen to Oasis now, do you have like a curated playlist that you listen to? Or do you just, you know, kind of think to yourself, oh, I feel like listening to this album or this set of songs today.
1: It's interesting. Um, uh, when I listen to Oasis now, I mean, I've. it's funny. I kind of um, stopped listening to Oasis kind of for pleasure. And I will mm-hmm. have because I, I, I because of the podcast, like. I don't tend to just stick them on like oh I'll just listen to Oasis because I spend mm-hmm. a lot of time listening to Oasis because of the podcast and so I kind of you know want to listen to something else but yeah. I have found myself actually that said you know I mean I've been doing it for 3 years mm-hmm. uh, as of in 20 minutes time so um, you know it, there has been times when I've gone you know what now I'm going to stick Oasis on and what i tend to do i've got my oasis a to z playlist and that's good fun because then it is just completely mixed up you know and you will get you know a, a complete mixture of the different albums i mean for instance the other day i've i did an interview with a producer um called Romesh uh, Dodangoda, who's worked with, like, a lot of uh, quite big bands, like uh, harder rock bands called, like, Funeral for a Friend and um, Bring Me the Horizon and people like that, quite big UK heavier oh, so okay. rock bands. Do you know yeah. those guys? Have you heard those names?
0: Uh, yeah, I'm... Well, I was a huge Bring Me the Horizon fan back in the day, but I, I still throw on uh, Suicide Season every now and then.
1: Oh, cool. All right. Well, anyway, Romesh, who... Who, produced, uh, who produces them uh, I've just interviewed and nice. um, he said like we were talking about like heathen chemistry and don't believe the truth so mm-hmm. um, for the uninitiated that is like the f- b- b- what is it sixth, fifth and sixth Oasis albums the, the second and third from last Oasis albums mm-hmm. and I've always kind of put them together I always kind of think of them almost like as the as a, a double album almost because yeah. I think at the time that was probably my lowest point of my Oasis fandom. Um, mm-hmm. I was really just not listening to them that much, and so both those albums came out. Listen to them, yep, yeah, fine, not massively into them. Put it away. Same thing then. With Don't believe the truth. Come out. Same thing. So th- those two albums I've always kind of had, you know, almost sort of compartmentalized as a double album for me, and then mm-hmm. dig out your soul is then the last album was a little bit more experimental and different. Whereas talking to Ramesh the other day, he was like, no, no, don't believe the soul. Sorry, don't believe the truth. I think of as much heavier and a different production style. And I sort of put that more similar to Dig Out Your Soul and the two of them is more like a double album. And I was like, wow, okay. So I, I then actually did go back and listen to, listen to those albums and just to sort of, you know, just to kind of, Recontextualize it really, um, but it is it is. I'm often listening now with like a critical ear for things that I've maybe not heard before or things that I could bring up, and so that's that's kind of when I listen to them now. It's more with that kind of mindset rather than yeah. just like oh I'll just stick on you know hello or or morning glory or whatever as just for fun i'm listening out for like what is going on you know um but yeah so it has but it hasn't ruined oasis for me um i still you know i still enjoy listening to them just just for the sake of listening to them i would have thought by now i'd be sick of them um I'm. I think when we talked about setting this up, I'm like, oh, I'm kind of sick about talking about Oasis. But then we've been uh-huh. talking for like an hour and a half, like primarily about Oasis, and you know, I, I I've got plenty to say. But um, yeah, it is. Uh, yeah, I don't get sick of them, and I and, uh, yeah, but but yeah, and and listen to them in all kinds of various ways, whether it's A to Z's or whether it's the albums in full.
0: Yeah. Well, and you know, having such a, a diverse catalog i feel like you know obviously it's possible to get sick of oasis but you know having the diversity or whatever it might take a little bit longer to get 100 percent sick of them well,
1: uh, that's, that i was just gonna say sorry that the, the the reason we do the a to z like that mm-hmm. is that i don't want to uh <clears throat> excuse me um, um, I don't want to kind of, you know, just focus on kind of the big couple of albums. You know, like that's the, yeah, you know, that's what most people would do. Would be like, okay, well, today we're going to do Champagne Supernova, and, and then next week we'll do Down the Back in Anger, and next week, we... no, I started off with um, open brackets as long as they got cigarettes and hell closed brackets, and that's that was like that was officially the first one a eh, on the alphabetical. So that's what we're going to go with. You know, I ended up doing like probably 40 minutes on a quick peep, which is a 42 second instrumental written by Andy Bell. You know, like but that yeah. to me is just as worthy. And if I'm listening to an Oasis podcast, that's what I'd want. You know, I want you know, I don't want to skip skip those cuz that's not what it's about. If you're a proper fan, you want to know about every single song and you want to know about every single period. And that's what we're here for. So that's why it's a proper fan podcast. And, go, and going back to what you were saying about, like, those A to Z breakdowns, you know, when sometimes when the guys send them in, and it's really technical, you know, and yeah. I've got people that are, like, proper musicians like yourself and, and really enjoy that stuff. And then we've got people that are, like, you know, don't really know anything, wouldn't know which end of a guitar to
0: pick up. Yeah, it's yeah. more personal for them.
1: Yeah, but then for those, it's like, well, and so so if I get, like, a 28-minute breakdown... Of mm-hmm. every single, you know, the what the or the string positions are and all that sort of stuff, finger positions. Um, yeah, I'm like, well, that's pr- you know, should I trim that down and maybe only put out like eight minutes? I think no, f- forget it. Like, because that's what it's about. If if that's if someone's not interested in that part, they can just skip it and get back to the bit where it's you know, I don't know, like you know, me talking about something much more frivolous and, and yeah. fun and um, and exactly. like. A, and and if they want to dig into a 28 minute breakdown then great you know so i'd much rather leave that stuff in there and you know it's so easy with podcasts just skip stuff anyway so so yeah no and i do appreciate the fact that if you are a, a real music geek and if you're really into this stuff then it's there for you and uh and it, it ticks that box
0: well yeah and that that's uh you know an added appreciation for me for sure uh, my last little, uh, rapid fire question is, uh, what did you think of Liam's beard in those Instagram videos? John. Yeah. John, the beard is pretty full on. It, um, that? seems like it came in quick.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, he's a very hairy man, so he's yeah. able to, uh, he's able to generate beard growth at an alarming rate. Um, so I'm not sure if that's sort of part of his kind of. <laughs> Neanderthal throwback or what, but yeah, yeah, that is that beard is serious. Um he's uh yeah, I i don't know if he'll keep it. Like he's he's gone he's gone with a decent sized beard before. He's never gone to that extent. Um oh, so it's yeah. gonna be it's gonna be interesting if he keeps it because he is looking uh pretty scary right now. He looks he, he kind of looks a bit like a serial killer at the moment. Like I think serial all
0: us- killer lumberjack yeah
1: exactly. all of us we are gonna come out of this period and and just be all like long haired and hairy and looking like hippies from like 1972 but
0: you know it's funny that you mentioned that because uh I wasn't sure if I was gonna bring this up or not, but i uh I'm very particular about my hair <laughs> and last weekend I said, you know what fuck it I'm gonna cut my hair and I was just gonna you know, use clippers and whatnot and just kind of do it that way. But I was like, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to have a go at trying to do a, a Noel Gallagher kind of like mod haircut. And then if I really fuck it up, then I can still use the clippers and, uh, (laughs) you know, not to sound too cocky, but, uh, I did a pretty okay job.
1: Good. Congratulations.
0: uh, Yeah. I, I can't do the long hair thing when my hair gets long, it, It uh, looks stupid. So, (laughs) well, that
1: that was the beautiful thing about the Oasis haircut is that, you know, uh, if as long as your hair was relatively straight, you know, you could have that haircut and and look pretty cool. And so it was an easy one to do. It wasn't like you know some sort of flock of seagulls thing that you know like obviously like the guys in the eighties had to do. But yeah, with Oasis you could go you could go pretty you could get a pretty cool look pretty easy and well, what's yeah. interesting is that like you know with like all these Korean pop bands that are like currently the biggest thing in the world mm-hmm. they've all got like uh, Beatles bowl cuts you know I think the bowl cut is, is going to come back um, oh god it's beautiful <laughs> it's a
0: beautiful thing uh, you know in the words of uh, Liam Gallagher it's not for me man <laughs> not for me mate not for me yeah But no, I went. uh, I went twenty nineteen twenty twenty. Noel Gallagher hair, you know, kind of short, not too crazy. But uh, yeah, I think um, I think that's most of the notes that I have down. Uh, If you had one piece of advice for someone who wants to start a podcast, what would it be? Uh, Well, one piece of advice. Well.
1: I would say read my um, read my tweets that I did. I did a really big thread of tweets about them. which I, I said did read you, that, by the way. Yeah, yeah. That would be, that's, you know, I, I was just, because basically quite a few people have messaged me. And one of the things I'm actually very proud of in having done this uh, podcast is that quite a few listeners have then gone and set up their own podcast on the back of mm-hmm. it. Um, so I mentioned about like my friend Katie Georgiou and the sound effects podcast. And, and there's a guy I know who's going to do a manic street preachers podcast. And, um, there's another guy I know called Paul Costello, who's done some of the breakdowns. And I didn't even know he, we'd been back and forth quite a lot. And, uh, he'd done a few breakdowns for us, um, of different songs for the A to Z. He's blind. I had no idea he was blind. Um, but he's going to do his own podcast now as well. And so, so that's great. Oh, okay. You know, I think it, I think it's brilliant that's obviously going to have its own challenges but you know fair play to him I think he can you know I think he'll do a great job Um, but yeah there's so many people out there that have got passion for music and passion for different bands the one thing I'd say is like pick a band that you really care about because um, like for instance how many podcasts are there about comic books or about movies or about sports sport exactly like you know we don't need another comic book podcast or another like football podcast there's too many of them whereas there is there until i did it there wasn't an oasis podcast that's ridiculous you know what i mean yeah. there's 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 a million beatles podcasts but there isn't a guest Light anthem podcast you know no go and do the guest Light anthem podcast mate that's how you'll get brian fallon you know what i mean there's enough to dig in with their with their um
0: fan base and with their
1: stuff so if you i was might you might be onto you know, something
0: there Huh? I said you might be onto something there. I could probably yeah, yeah. sit and talk about the Gaslight Anthem for uh, quite a while. Yeah, but the, the thing is, like, just
1: copy my format seriously. I, I mean, I just copied, as I say, Kevin Smith, you know, doing Fat Man and Batman, or, or, um, you know, my uh, one of my favorite Beatles podcast called Something About the Beatles. You just you know, that's the format. You just find people that were involved in them and make sure you're not just focusing on that, but make sure you're focusing on the whole careers and stuff. And, you know, there are enough Brian Fallon and Gaslight Anthem fans, you know, out there that will listen to it. And it's a good opportunity to, you know, to then, um you know, turn them on to other stuff that you're, you're thinking about or talking about. So, yeah, but sure. I say, I mean, that's for you in particular. But anyone out there, like you know if you're the world's biggest like uh, i don't know like green day fan do a green day podcast i don't know if there's one of them you know but and that's the thing like one of my friends does the uh, a movies podcast and he's like he's the world's biggest ben folds fan I'm Like do a ben folds podcast you'll probably get to meet him you know what oh, i mean yeah. like ben I, I you know someone like oasis the problem is the guys are so famous and it's so mm-hmm. contentious because they're not you know, that there's all the issues between them. That there's a very yeah. good chance I'll never meet either of them, or never interview either of them. But that's fine. I don't, I don't really care. That's, you know, there's, there's, that would almost kind of, sort of change the dynamic of it. It maybe wouldn't be the right thing to do. But yeah. you know, if you want to meet one of these guys, that's it. Do a podcast about them. But the one thing, the one thing, going back to the advice, I'd say is be consistent and keep it, keep going. You know, yeah. I, there's so many that fizzle out after, like, three, four, five episodes. And I was really pleased. And one of the reasons that we're speaking is that I saw that you were already up to, like, episode 42 or something. And I'm like, yeah. okay, you're. A, if you were on episode three, uh, we wouldn't be talking. So I'm like, okay, well, is this guy serious? You know what I mean? But if you've already knocked out 42, fair play to you. You know, you've you've demonstrated yeah. you've got the staying power. So, um, yeah there you go but that's it because so many fizzle out and then you know you go listen to episode three and it's like six weeks later and then it's like yeah we've been so busy you haven't had the chance to record and you're like shut up like yeah <laughs> do it or don't you know do it or don't yeah. do it you know do or don't do there is no try.
0: it's funny that you say that because my uh my wife is a huge star wars fan and she literally was watching that movie last night so <laughs> uh would you like me to put that uh twitter thread in the show notes for this episode yeah why not that'd be good all right right, will do well uh i know that it's it's late over there and we could probably sit and talk and i could probably ask you a million and a half questions but uh i think this was a pretty swell interview if i do say so myself <laughs> pretty swell who are you clark kent I just might be. (laughs) No, I, uh, yeah, I'm extremely grateful that, you know, you took the time and stayed up late to have this conversation. It was, it was bizarre at first, you know, having a conversation with you after hearing your voice on the podcast so much. So, uh, yeah, this meant a lot to me and I, I really appreciate you taking the time
1: yeah no worries man it's good it's good fun always good
0: awesome and i uh hopefully I'll be able to participate in the a to Z soon that's better a to Z none of that z stuff. I, I just kept saying A to Z because I I didn't you know want to say it and sound inauthentic and have you be like, fuck you man, you're not a, you know, so yeah I mean if you're giving me the pass I'll definitely say A to Z. A to Z is fine. I remember I had a um
1: like a Wayne, when Wayne's World came out I was like fourteen uh-huh. and uh, I bought like the Wayne's World like book accompaniment because I loved that film. Yeah, and uh, there was a question in there that was like. In England, they call ZZ Top ZZ Top, and we don't. ZZ Top (laughs) is ZZ Top. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, you call it what you want, mate. It's fine.
0: Awesome. Well, uh, yeah, again, thank you so much for uh, speaking to me, and maybe we'll do this again. But we'll definitely be in touch for sure.
1: Well, I don't know about that. Yeah, you're kind of annoying, but we'll see.
0: Okay well I'll I'll uh you'll be in touch with me whether or not I'm in touch with you that's completely All right awesome. All right cheers Jake.
1: I appreciate it mate
0: awesome thank you